All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today. Lord, we just love you today, and we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. We thank you for every person that is here. We just want to uh, lift everyone up to you. Lord, we just want to praise you for who you are. God, it is so good uh, to know you and to know uh, that you are here with us today. God, we love you. We thank you for those that are being baptized today. We thank you for those that are being dedicated today. We thank you, God, for everything that, that you are and, and can be in us. Lord, we just pray for Brother Daryl as he delivers your word in a little while. God, just uh, lift him up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. We're going to... Hey, what? Baptisms at our church gives you something to shout about. I guarantee you that. The water is not quite as warm as I thought it was. <laughs> this is Milo, and he has given his life to... Jesus and going to follow him in baptism. So, Milo, do you believe that you have received Jesus as your Savior? Yes. Yes, okay. You want to hold this? Hold this? You hold this? Therefore, I baptize this, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. <laughs> think it's cold standing here. Wait till you go under. <laughs> Come on. This is Ella, and she has given her life to Jesus. And uh, uh, do you believe that you have received Jesus as your Savior? Yes. Okay. Therefore, I baptize this, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit.
Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. If you have your Bible, we're going through the Bible, uh, the book of Matthew, Sundays. So we're at Matthew chapter 2, beginning the chapter, story of uh, the wise men, Matthew 2, 1 through 16. We'll have scripture on the screen also, Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 16. We're going to have a baby dedication this morning. Uh, Hayden and Misty have their little boy Baylor with them, and uh, uh, the more I thought about it, I thought, well, I'm just going to combine the, the message with that, and so time or two, I'm going to point at you, okay, and everybody else can kind of listen to me preach to them, and you can kind of absorb, I'm, sh I'm sure there'll be some things, I, I, don't, I don't know, the more I thought about the, the visitation of the wise men to Jesus, uh, I just saw the connection here. Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 16, this is the only account in the Gospels of the wise men coming to bring their gifts to Jesus, and, and I'm not picky on this, I, I, just the, the tradition we have, you know, when you have the, uh, the nativity scene, that we always have the, have the wise men there at the man, manger, and hopefully you'll see from the scripture that probably really wasn't, wasn't the case. Uh, Jesus is probably about a year to a year and a half old now when, when the wise men come. And I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll see that. Let's read the text. And, and if you are, come to church here a lot, you'll see for me to preach 1 through 16. And man, we're going to be here all day long. 
Now, I'm going to keep it short, but I'm, I don't ever cover this much ground. And so in the weeks to come, we're going to come back. In fact, next week, I think we're going to look at the gifts, the gold, the frankincense, and the, and the myrrh. So there's going to be a lot more that we dig out from this story. But we are going to read the whole story beginning in verse 1. Now, it begins now. Uh, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Herod the king, king of what? King of the Jews. This will make more sense as we go through the story. That Jesus was born in the days of Herod the king, king of the Jews. That's what he's the king of. King of the Jews. Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. We don't know how many there were. We know that they brought three gifts. We, we suppose that's kind of where the tradition came, that there were three of them. We don't have any idea how many of them that there were. Just some wise men came to Jerusalem from the east. And they came to Herod saying, Where is he, he who has been born king of the Jews? You see the problem there, right? You see the issue. Herod is king of the Jews. And so when these wise men come and say, hey, we're looking for a baby that's been born, and he is the king of the Jews. Now, Herod doesn't say it, but uh, pretty much, you know, doesn't take a whole lot to get that he's got in his head. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm king of the Jews. For we have seen, the wise men said, we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. I get that. And all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And here's a prophecy out of the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child. You see that is not a baby anymore. He's probably about a year to a year and a half old. They saw the young child with, with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had uh, opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he, uh, when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt." And was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I have called my son. That comes out in the book of Hosea. Then, 
Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and he put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. I don't know how many times you've read that story, probably a hundred, probably more than that. You've heard the story. Do you get how terrible that that scene is? What Herod did. Sent through Bethlehem and the districts around there. And this is why we know, we, we think that Jesus was about a year, to year, year and a half old. Because Herod knew, well, two years old, the max. Because that's how long it took the wise men to get here. And it's also important, it will be important, that the wise men, as soon as they were informed, and as soon as they were told to go and look for the Christ, they left. And it took them, so they were on the road about a year to a year and a half. That's how long it took them to get to Bethlehem from wherever they came from. So Herod knows this, and so two years old and under, he has the soldiers, the Roman soldiers, go from house to house in Bethlehem and the districts around. He wants to make sure that he doesn't miss anybody. And he kills every two-year-old and younger boy. We read through that, we've heard that, and we escape sometimes, or it escapes us, how terrible that story is. How cruel that Herod is. Not only that, but how cruel everyone else around him is. The, the, the title of the message today is Contrast. And uh, there's an outline of this, there's not a whole lot on the outline this morning. But the, out, the, the title is Contrast, and I want to contrast the parents of Jesus and the wise men, the godly folk who are doing what God said, trying to live the way God wants them to live, trying to live a godly life, and contrast that with basically almost everyone else. And we'll apply that down to us. Now, I realize the situation is just really extreme. And most extremes, most situations we face are not going to be to this extreme. You know, having, having baby, baby boys killed, things like, like that. But just to see how, how mad, how much of a monster that Herod is. Tra tradition and, and history tells us he had a two-year-old son who he killed just to make sure. He, he killed his own son just to make sure that there's not a surviving boy out there who might be able to say that he's king of the Jews. So you've got a, you've got a madman like Herod in charge. And that's almost impossible, it is for me, almost impossible to really, you know, wrap my head around that. So Mary and Joseph are trying to live in a culture like that and trying to raise their son in a culture like that. And the wise men walk into a culture like that. So there's Herod, the monster, the madman. All right, you know, he's only one man. 
But I want you to think about it, and I've used this before. Some of you already know this, but I've, I've used this before. But So the, the, uh, the order came down to the soldiers. You go house to house, and you kill every two-year-old boy and younger. And the soldiers did it. They actually did it. When you read the history of it all, it's a historical fact that it, that it happened, but there's a really strange lack of any more, inf more information about it. There's no information, there's no history at all that any soldier who had the order to go house to house and kill babies didn't do it. There's nothing to be found anywhere that says that there's a soldier who, who said, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm not, I mean, I might do a lot, but I'm not going to do that. So you, you've got Herod, the madman, but it's, it's trickling down to where, you know, these, these soldiers, they may not have, they may not have been the ones to, to give the order, but the order was given to them and they carried it out. Can you imagine being a soldier in the Roman army? Now, listen. I realize that if you didn't do what you've been told to do, you might lose your life. I hope there's some people in here right now. If you were the Roman soldier and it was directed to you to go kill babies on the whim of the king, that you would say no. I hope you would. I hope you would. And that's what we're talking about, contrast. We're talking about godly people who live so different from the ungodliness around them that there's just a huge contrast here. I mean, you really stand out. The order was given to the soldiers, and it has to be a soldier who's got enough nerve, enough backbone, enough godliness to say, no, I'm not doing that. Well, you're going to lose your life, then that's just the way it is. But I'm, I'm not doing that. And so there are some things that godly people know that I will give my life for. I will give my life for. I'm not doing that, okay? You'll just have to kill me, all right? But there's not a soldier that we're aware of that raised his hand. You know, you'll just have to kill me. They're, they all, as far as we know, they all did it. And that's how, isn't that sad, really sad, that in that culture, in that day and time, that killing babies was okay. You know, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Wow. Okay. There's Herod. There's the soldiers who did the killing. Now there's the parents. This is even a little more sad for me. I realize Herod's a madman. I realize the soldiers are doing their job, so to speak, which is crazy. But they're doing their job. I mean, there's a little bit of that. There's no record at all of any parent losing their life in defense of their child. None. So that means that the soldiers went through and they did their job in taking the baby's life. I, I, I don't even like talking about it. But then, the, but then the parents, as the soldier knocked on the door, you know, hey, open up. They, they did. They opened the door. 
Well, if you don't open the door, they're going to kick, kick it down. Well, kick it down, you know, at some point. And so it's sad enough that there's no soldier that lost his life because he refused to do it. And it's sad, it's even more sad in my book, it's even more sad, there's no record of any parent who lost their life trying to stop the soldier. They just let him do it. That's the culture. That's where Jesus was born. That's where Jesus lived. But his parents weren't, weren't like that. That's not who Mary and Joseph were. That's not who the wise men were. I mean, not everybody was like that. But that's, where, that's who they were. It's amazing how evil trickles down. It generally starts at the top and it trickles down. And the soldiers come up with excuses why it's okay. You know, well, it's not that bad. You know, somehow it's not that bad. And, and, and somehow they've... Through the evil in the culture, they've justified themselves. Well, we've done it before. And, hey, I'm, I'm only doing what I'm told to do. Justification after justification of why it's okay. All of a sudden, it's not as evil as it used to be. And then it trickles on down from the soldiers to the parents in the community where, hey, you know, it's just, it's just, the, it's just where we live. It's just what goes on here, you know. And, and uh, I don't know, maybe they used to be really, really against it. But somehow they've gotten accustomed to it. Or somehow, I don't know, it's okay. Matt, have we put any of that on the, on the screen? Homage and hatred. There's the contrast. Wise men and w wicked men. There's the contrast. Okay, I'm going to move on, but I'm just going to wrap this up right here. I hope as godly people, as Christians, we are very aware of the evil around us, and it's not okay. We're very aware of the evil around us, and, and, and I'm not going to do that. Uh, I don't care what you do, but I'm not. And, and I would like for every Christian home to really have that sense uh, Hayden and M M Misty, you're going to be, and everybody else, every home, you're going to be challenged by, by this. As, as he gets older, uh, grows up, the culture is gonna, going to challenge you almost every day. As your child goes, grows up, goes to, goes to school, the culture is going to challenge your Christianity. It's going to challenge your godliness almost every day. Please remember that. That's not real encouraging, is it? But it's the fact. It's the facts. Culture is going to challenge your Christianity almost every day. And it's, you know, it's going to hide itself. It's, a, it's not always going to be Herod the craziness, but it can trickle on down to where in the community they lived in, almost everybody else is doing it. I think that the angel, we're going to concentrate on that a little bit more here in a minute. The angel came to Joseph, said, get up and go because they're not going to protect you. That's, that's, the, that's the environment, that's the community you live in. They're not going to protect you. 
I'm reminded that, that, that whole scene, that scenario, I'm reminded in the Old Testament when David was running from Saul. And he would be in a certain town and they found out that he was there and somebody told Saul he was there. And Saul's on his way to get him and, and David would pray and ask the Lord, Lord, is the, are the town folk going to turn me in? And the, the Lord said, yes, leave. And he went to another town and, and they discovered he, he, he was there and he prayed and said, God, are the, are the town folk going to turn me in? And God said, yes, they are, leave. It reminded me, and I suspect that's one of the reasons that the angel woke Joseph up and said, time to get out. They're not going to protect you. There's hardly anybody else in this town like you. There's hardly anybody else in this town like you. They're not going to protect you. Your house is different. Hallelujah. Your house is different. You are peculiar. You're different. Hallelujah. When uh, Baylor gets older and he brings his friends home, that's going to be a terrible time. But when he brings his friends home, I want his friends to come to your house and say, the Malone house is different. The Malone house is different. Mom and dad don't talk at the Malone house like they do in my house. Hardly any other house was like theirs. They're not going to protect you. Now, okay, that's kind of extreme. I get that. I don't, I don't, even, don't even like to talk about that. I'm going to read again or, or look, I want you to look again at verse 13 and 14. In fact, Matt, can you go back and let's just do that again, verse 13 and 14. Now let's bring it on down to this room. Let's bring the contrast on down to this room. I'm going to get on down a little bit more. I, I realize, you know, we talk about that culture so bad, it's hard to wrap your mind around it. But let's get on down a little more where it's, it's us, what's really going on in this room. 13 and 14. Now, when they had departed, when the wise men left, behold, an angel, listen closely, read closely. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Not Mary and Joseph, to Joseph. And it's done this before, right? Ch chapter 1. But he appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise. If you read in other translations, get up right now. Get up right now. Arise. Take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And I could add here, and the community is not going to protect you. Okay? They won't even protect each other. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, that night, and departed for Egypt, a place he's never been. Now I want to talk about contrast among the godly. Next screen. Radical obedience or lay back down. I want to talk about radical obedience. Contrast among the godly. Contrast in this room. I think as we talked about the other things, it's not hard for us to say, well, you know, man, you talk, you talk about the cra crazy stuff. There's no way we're going to do any of that. I sure hope not. But let's bring it on down to where it's a little more where we are right now. Contrast in this room. Christians in this room. 
I want you to see in the scripture, the angel woke Joseph up, said, get up right now. You're leaving tonight. So Joseph wakes up. Now, he's got to wake his wife up. Mary, you know, Mary, get up. What? What? However, oh, however you all do that, I don't know. Get up. Mary, get up. What? What? We're leaving. We're leaving right now. Pack Jesus up. We're leaving. Okay. How'd that go? Didi, get up. Didi, get up. What? What? We're leaving tonight. Oh, it's just you again, you know. You think about that. Now, I don't want to hear this. Oh, well, it, it, it was easier for them than, than us. Where do you get that? Joseph, Joseph and Mary have been living in Bethlehem since Jesus was born. So they've been there a year, year, year and a half. He's a carpenter somewhere. He's got a shop. The reason he wasn't there when the wise men came, because he's, a, he's at work. So they've, they've got a house to live in. He's got a, he's got a job. He's got a business. They've got a young, they've got a young child. Joseph, get up right now. And I think, it is, I think it is moving this fast. The wise men leave. Herod finds out that they've left, that they've tricked him. He's already got the plan to start killing children immediately. Joseph, get up. You don't have tomorrow. You're leaving right now, tonight. And doesn't it, doesn't it explain it all, but Herod's coming like the next, the soldiers are coming the next day. you got to get out of here now. Leave. How many of us will do that? Will, will you do that? Well, that's asking too much. For some of you, yeah. It's asking, it's asking too much because he's asking. The contrast among Christians. Contrast among Christians. Some Christians are Christians by name only. There's no relationship there. You got the name. Some, some Christians will obey when it's convenient. When it suits my schedule. When I... On and on and on. Some Christians will obey when it's easy. And some Christians will obey no matter what. No matter what. Radical, or, radical obedience or lay back down. Lay, lay back down. Oh, Lord, don't we have more? I mean, uh, can we wait till the morning? Can we, you know, let, I've got stuff at work to do. There's, there's a good, good one. I've got stuff at work to do. I went off and I didn't lock the shop up. Can I go back to the shop? I've got stuff. It's radical obedience. Or lay back down. Well, I don't want to wake my wife up in this, this time of the night. You know, that ain't going to turn out well. I don't, want to, I don't want to go through the fight. Hey, Lord, it's okay to ask me to do it. But when you include my family in it, then I, you know, I don't want to disrupt. I don't want to take my kids out of school. I don't want to miss my work. This isn't this... 
this isn't as easy as the first one, is it? A church, any church, every church, is full of contrasts. Full of contrasts. We're, we're Christians. What kind of Christians are we? God picked the right parents when he picked the parents for Jesus. When he says, get up, they get up. When he says, go, they go. They could ask the question, and this is where next week comes in. They could ask the question, how are we going to live? Oh, wait a minute. I did get a whole box of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Wait a minute. I'll use that. I don't want to get ahead of next week. Wait a minute. God is going to take care of me. Okay, here, here it is. God sent me today to, to tell you this. Or ask you this. When are you going to start taking the word of God seriously? When are you going to start taking the word of God seriously? Because that's where the contrast is. There are some of us who take the word of God very seriously. And some of us, when we hear the word of God, we lay back down. Oh, well. And then all the excuses. Some of you are taking seriously the word of God, maybe for a while while you're here, or maybe when you've read it at home, you're taking the word of God very seriously. But when you walk out the door, in five minutes, you're back the way you were. You go back to the way it was. But taking the word of God seriously is where it gets into you and you receive it and you begin to change your life and pattern your life and operate your life according to what God has said. And you've, you've made a choice, you've made a determination. I'm going to start taking the word of God seriously. I'm not going to start being like everyone else. My goal for Baylor is not to be like everyone else. Okay? And I hope, mom, mom and dad, that your goal for him is not... I, my goal for Baylor is not to fit in. Just to be average. Radical obedience or lay back down. How seriously are you taking the word of God? When he speaks to you, when he lets you know, when he gives you his word and he speaks to you and it cuts into your heart, you, it begins to change your life. And you just, I'm going to obey what God has said. Other folks at church don't, but I'm, I'm making the pledge to do that. Radical obedience or lay back down. I'm going to ask Hayden and Misty and Baylor to come up here and we're going to pray for them. Thank God he looks like mom. <laughs> He's a sweetie. Turn, uh, Matt, which camera are we using? I don't know. I just want to get his face on camera if, if we can. Look toward that one or that one. I'm, I'm so glad that they asked to do this. That shows a um, want to. That shows a want to. Uh, they want their home to be to be different.
and I desperately, and as a church, I'm going to ask you to help me, and we, we're going to make a promise that we're going to be to them the uh, radical obedience kind, that we're going to, we're going to study God's word, we're going to read God's word, and we're going to obey God's word, and we're going to be that to them and be that to him, okay? I used to, when I do these, I would hold the child, but then he'd start to cry. No, then he'd start to cry, and it, and it just didn't work out well. So I've learned over the years to just let, let you do it. We're going to pray for them and, uh, and uh, ask that God bless and move in, that, in this home, in that home. Father, thank you so much for Hayden, and I pray for him, and uh, he's the father. He's the man that, that as God speaks to him, Father, I pray that, that, that Hayden will listen and obey. It's so easy to lay back down. It's so easy to not do what God has said. So I pray for him as the husband and as the father. I pray for, I pray for Misty as the mom, as the wife, who has that, who has that equal role and that equal responsibility to be the leader of her child. And that as Baylor grows up, he'll see that mom and dad are different. They're not like a lot of the other moms and dads. And that our home is different. Father, I pray that, that they will be the parents, the spouses in their home that that home, that the Malone home is different. And I pray for Baylor. We don't know what he'll be. We don't know where he'll go, what he will, be, will become. But I've been thinking a lot, again, about Colossians, Colossians 1.16 that says that, that God had made each of us, Jesus made us for himself. Baylor has been made for Jesus. Baylor has been made for Jesus. Father, I pray that all of us involved in his life will live in such a way that we lead him to Jesus. That's our responsibility. Father, I pray for him, no matter where he goes, what he, what he becomes, that he would be a follower of Jesus. I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you both. All right. This is Evan and Tyler. Hey, man. All right. Now, I know you've been baptized. I know. I remember that. I know it. I know. It. There you can see it. Evan and Tyler and Ma Maverick, and uh, they would like to join the church this morning. And uh, so according to their salvation and their baptism, I recommend these three to you as members of our church. So I need a motion to, okay, I need a second. Okay. All in favor, say aye. aye. You passed, man. You did it. All right. Go ahead and have a seat. Prayer time.
I'm sure if I asked a lot of you, are you a Christian? You're going to say, yes, yes. What kind of Christian are you? What kind of Christian are you? What's the contrast like? Are you always just fitting in? What has God been speaking to you about? What has God been speaking to you about through his word, through his spirit? What's God been talking to you about? What's God been calling you about? And it's so, in your mind, radical. Oh God, I could never do that. I'm not good enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. God, I can't, I can't do that. God, no, nobody else is doing that. Nobody else is filling that role. What has God been speaking to you about? What's God been trying to get your, your attention about? You can either begin going down that road with him and obey him, or you can lay back down. I don't know what uh, is going on, what the Holy Spirit's been doing. I'm trying to listen myself. This is our prayer time. This is where we come to an altar. We can have, you can use these seats. You can stand. You can kneel. If you need to talk to the Lord about something, God's been dealing with me. God's been working on me. God, I can feel him speaking to me. I can read in his word. He's speaking to me. And I just, I, I, I want to come and pray. I want to come and pray. If you like to stand with us, if you want to spend some time in prayer, that's what this is. I just want you to feel free. I want you to let the Holy Spirit move you. If God's been speaking to you, don't lay back down. Step up. If you need to come and pray, that's what this is. Come and pray.